she helps people and organizations turn change and disruptions into an opportunity and a source of real competitive advantage again and again she is called the reinvention guru in ventures magazine and also the queen of reinvention she is a business owner educator speaker and author specializing in reinvention as a consultant nadia has helped organizations like the coca cola company erg kohler l'oreal ibm cisco earth bank henkel north insulation and many others to reinvent their products processes and leadership practices as a speaker she has shared her insights with audiences worldwide through keynotes panel presentations and also workshops she has delivered four tedx talks in australia slovenia romania and the us in today's episode let us learn more about dr nadia jekshembayeva's career journey in becoming the chief reinvention officer and also get her insights on the need for reinvention hello hi there welcome to the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future this podcast is to help professional students it employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers if you have tuned into our podcast for the first time you have missed a lot of stuff but don't worry all our previous episodes are available on your favorite podcast listening platforms including apple podcast google podcast podbean spotify jio savan gana.com and also on youtube also if you have not rated our podcast on apple please provide your rating and leave a positive review because every rating and review will motivate us to bring in more and more useful content to you this is your host navin samala and i have about 18 years of rich and diverse experience in the field of it and in every episode we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn wonderful things also you will acquire more knowledge per every minute than any other podcast in this space also we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the it world or technology towards the end thank you so much for tuning in today we are going to discuss a topic the need for reinvention and we are pleased to have nadia part of our tgv journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe nadia Welcome to TGV. Naveen, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure hosting you, Nadia. Let's get started. So here comes my very first question. Can we talk briefly about your career background? How come you have become a chief reinvention officer? Maybe you can highlight a few milestones that help you reach where you are today. Oh, thank you for this question. So I am a reinvented academic. I started my professional career as a professor i was the coca cola chaired professor of strategy and sustainability and had the pleasure of really diving into research and teaching in executive education setting i loved my academic career and in 2007 i had among my executive students a ceo who was sitting in the classroom who said nadia your books your research your teaching It's okay. It's impressive. I almost believe you. But you've never worked in business. How about you start actually being on the ground in business and then it will be easier for us to talk. So he became our first client in 2007 when we started our own reinvention agency 
And by 2014, we grew so much that we were not able to accept new clients. And that's when I reinvented again by starting an educational institution called Reinvention Academy, where we teach other professionals, including managers, consultants, and business owners, how to use today's uncertainty and volatility to turn them into your competitive advantage using unique tools, but also bridging every tool you already have on your disposal in strategy, foresight, design thinking, scrum agile, change management, and beyond. That's a quite illustrious career journey. I think you started as a professor. And in fact, I also love teaching. Uh, That's a coincidence. And uh, one thing that struck my mind is your student suggesting you to start your own business and becoming a first client. And now again, you are helping the world okay, deal with the uncertainty and volatility. So that's so impressive. Now let's talk about this whole concept of reinvention. What is reinvention in general? Reinvention is a science and practice of life and viability in uncertain and volatile world. What do I mean by life and viability? Uh, we are generally speaking about viability or vitality as the new currency inside our businesses. You have a lot of different currencies and different capitals in your business. You have financial capital. To run a successful company, you need money, financial capital. You have human capital. That is what drives the decision-making, the talent that is in the team. But there's also a different kind of capital that is measured in new ideas, that is measured in reinventions, that is measured in portfolio of changes we make to our processes, our leadership practices, our business models, a whole portfolio of efforts that make sure that our company stays alive for today and for tomorrow. So reinvention is a system that allows you to safeguard against any kind of disruptions, crises, or changes in your marketplace, in your career, and preserve and sustain life in your career, in your company, in your product portfolio. That's a very philosophical answer, but I'm happy to make it more practical for you, Navin. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's all about making the companies to stay alive despite of any unforeseen situations, be it the pandemic kind of situation where it has disrupted the whole industry. So it absolutely makes sense. Now, can we talk a bit about How does this reinvention help an individual or an organization apart from staying alive, right? Maybe any other nuances that you wanted to mention? Oh, absolutely. So it's not staying alive philosophically. It's more about pragmatic action. So reinvention today is a growing professional field. And we see chief reinvention officers showing up in corporate settings in consulting setting, but also at the government level. For example, in the United States, the state of North Dakota was the first one to introduce chief reinvention officer of the state. So it's becoming a full-on profession because, as you know, as all of the listeners know, in today's age of rapid speed, constant disruptions and constant uncertainty, you cannot do both jobs, preserve the current business and the current cash flow while building a new one. This is too much for one person to handle. So while the traditional executives are working on preserving the current business, the chief reinvention officer, usually with their team, work on the future and growing the new versions of the company. 
that means that at every point, your company has a portfolio of projects, processes, solutions that are being tested and developed to assure that you have a future. And no matter what disruption is coming your way, you're prepared proactively, not just reacting to COVID-19, not just reacting to new technology, not just reacting to new competitor, but noticing those potential risks and opportunities in advance and grabbing them before anybody else notices them. That also means that we need processes. Reinvention used to be a one-time project when the world was less volatile and more certain in the 20th century. But the 21st century world means that reinvention is not like putting on a wedding once in a lifetime. It's more like taking a shower on a regular basis. If I don't take a shower on a regular basis, I begin to stink. Same with your business. If you don't take a regular shower and reinvent your business or your career, the business begins to stink. So we help companies build a system where you proactively reinvent before the crisis. I, I simply love that example. If you don't take shower, you will stink. Similarly, if you don't reinvent continuously, your business will stink. That makes it very clear the need for the reinvention and also how it helps the organizations. So Nadia, any framework or steps to follow when we have to reinvent ourselves? Of course. So we ourselves as a community of practice and we bring together thousands of people around the world. Uh, in our professional network, we have over 4,000 people who are testing all the tools and building all of the uh, new solutions, we work in the following way. Number one, the reinvention method and our approach is not a competition to anything out there. We actually love the traditional strategy tools or the new strategy tools, including Blue Ocean Strategy. We love foresight methodology, future search and others. We love design thinking. We love Scrum and Agile. We also like Six Sigma and Lean methodologies and project management methodologies, change management methodologies. We use all of them. But we create a framework that allows you to be very sophisticated and thoughtful in deciding which of these different tools and methodologies are fit for your company at any given moment or for your career or for your team or for your department. Because it's more like imagine a big, big buffet of food. You have fish here, you have meat here, fruit here, salad here. And for every person, the plate that is most nutritious, that is most, most helpful is different. I need maybe a little bit more protein and another person needs a little bit more carbs and another person needs more fruit and vitamins. Every person and every need is different. Same with the corporation. What is needed today is very different from what is needed tomorrow. And our toolkit allows you to be very thoughtful and data-driven in choice of which tool to use for my company today. But when we don't see the appropriate tool on the market, we develop our own and then our community tests them in their respective countries and their industries and improve those tools. And in our own pillar framework, the six pillars of successful reinvention, we do have steps to follow. So in terms of immediate reinvention, we usually talk about three things. You need to really invest in the capacity to anticipate change so that you notice 
threats and opportunities before they hit you. So anticipating change. You need to invest in your capacity to design change and you need to invest in your capacity to implement change. So those would be the first three. Anticipate change, design change, and implement change. But those three are not enough. They're okay in the moment of fire, in the moment of disruption, but they're not okay for building a long-term capacity to reinvent. For those, we have another three things you need to invest in, and that is reinvention mindset, having this mindset that reinvention is more like taking a shower than producing a one-time wedding. Second is reinvention culture, building a culture in which reinvention is celebrated and perceived as a positive in your company. And finally, reinvention-ready systems. So those are the six pillars, anticipate change, design change, implement change, but they will not survive without building a reinvention mindset, reinvention culture, and reinvention-ready systems. You have summarized it very well, and I also loved the example of that big buffet of food and wherein you are choosing what you require. So is the case with the organizations, depending on their need, probably they can take this proactive approach of trying with the tools and they can reinvent themselves. Now, moving on to my next question, Nadia, as your profile speaks, you have done a lot of this uh, reinvention at uh, the Coca-Cola company, ERG, L'Oreal, and many other noted organizations. So, Can you talk about how these companies have reinvented and how did this reinvention help them do a better business? I had the luxury to work with a very diverse group of companies. And every time it's a different task. Sometimes we worked on reinventing a product portfolio. For example, at the Coca-Cola company, I helped to think differently about the water product portfolio. Coca-Cola company has many, at that point, more than 160 brands of water. And of course, there's a lot of issues around plastic and pollution and the access to water rights. So we were thinking about how can we create a win-win for society, for environment, and for business in reinventing their portfolio of water bottled water product. In other companies like ERG, which is one of the largest mining and metals companies in the world, and one of the greatest producers of ferrochrome and cobalt around the world, two metals that are used in everyday life. Uh, Ferrochrome is something you use and touch every day if you're using any stainless steel product, including forks or knives. And then cobalt is something that allows this computer on which you're watching or your phone on which you're watching this very or listening to this very podcast to actually run because cobalt makes the battery small and allows it to fit into a small device. So this company, I worked as lead in transformation, a head of group transformation, and we've done massive rethinking of the entire company. We uh, helped take it off London Stock Exchange and make it private again. We rethought its whole strategy and investment in renewables and uh, investment in mining waste, not new metal ore. We've done so much work around this company that it's hard to pick one thing. In other companies, it's more narrow, uh, reinventing the way leadership capabilities are developed at NALF Insulation or the way reinvention is run at NALF Insulation. In others, it's more even more narrow, reinventing the sustainability function. Every time it's a different task. The job, however, is always the same. How can I make sure that when I leave this organization, it has more 
um, more opportunity to thrive today and tomorrow? How can I assure that the level of life in the system, not lost, but actually sustained, preserved and increased so that company is more resilient and more capable to reinvent in the face of new disruption, in the face of new regulation, new competitor, new market demand, new customer expectation, new supplier expectation and such. So while the projects seem different, the tool set and the skill set is always the same. It's like playing different music on the same instrument. If you know how to play piano, you can produce classic music, folk, ethnic music. Uh, you can make a rap music on the same piano. And same with reinvention. When you have a powerful framework and you have the tools that do not compete with each other, they are not about which is better and which school of thought is better, but they all work in complementarity, then it's very easy to play any kind of music on the same set of instruments and solve any kind of reinvention challenge with the same set of tools. I love that music example, playing different music using the same instrument. And uh, in fact, uh, this is making me more and more attracted to the overall methodology as an when we started uh, moving towards the conversation, because as you mentioned, you get an opportunity to work in diverse environments, diverse industries, domains, and every problem is different. And definitely it is going to give immense exposure and learning experience as such. So thank you for sharing those insights. With that, let me ask a different question. I'm going to flip the earlier question and ask you, can you share about a few companies that failed to reinvent themselves? Well, unfortunately, we have more of those than we have those that reinvent. Not in our portfolio. We are very blessed that we've been very successful with our project. And at this point, we have 100% success rate. But as a research institution, we still study what separates those companies who are able to survive and thrive in disruption and uncertainty from those who sink. And this is where the term that I coined in 2014 comes about the term called Titanic Syndrome. This idea that companies and individuals bring about their own downfall because their own excessive arrogance, their attachment to the past success, their inability to notice and adapt to the new and emerging reality. And Titanic Syndrome is something that I see all around me all the time. And I'm sure you know the companies that were strong one second and Nokia, Kodak, Lehman Brothers come to mind. And then in a matter of very few months, they lost their leadership position and lost most of their business, if not went bankrupt. Unfortunately, if we look at the past and take, for example, Fortune 500 companies from the original list of Fortune 500, 88% of those companies have disappeared. They have sank. They are no longer here. They either went bankrupt or were acquired. So most of them, 88%, did not reinvent and did not survive. And if we look at the forward forecast, Boston Consulting Group, for example, right before COVID in January 2020, was forecasting that about one-third of all publicly traded companies will disappear in just five years. We see that most companies today are not able to reinvent. And our research suggests that it's about wrong assumption. Companies today truly believe that they have time, that they have time to go slow, that they have time to treat reinvention as a one-time project, that they have time to really 
be in a traditional 20th century approach to renewal, where we do a lot of groundwork behind closed doors and focus groups, and we develop something in secret, and only then we launch it on the market. Today, you don't have a luxury to do that kind of development cycle. You need to go with a lean startup methodology where you test everything very quickly with real customers, where you take a minimal viable product MVP on the market as soon as you can, get the feedback, redo and reinvent it again and take it to the market again, reinvent it again, take it to the market again. This kind of uh, very rapid prototyping is not still heavily prevalent in traditional businesses and it's necessary that it becomes more of a standard than it is now. Those numbers are really worrisome, actually. Like you mentioned, like about 88% of the companies have disappeared from the Fortune 500. And also in the next 20 years, more than one third of the publicly traded companies will disappear. Next five years. That's even scary. Next Next five years. Five years. Yeah, that is so scary, actually. Like I think it's time for them to embrace this reinvention and be back on track. Otherwise, otherwise they'll lose the identity and otherwise they'll be bought by somebody else. Thank you so much for sharing those insights. And uh, Nadia, this conversation has been wonderful so far, but let's add some spice to the episode. And uh, I would like to ask you a few interesting rapid fire questions wherein you can answer them crisply. If you are ready, let's get started. Wow, <laughs> that's nice. All right, let me fire the first bullet. Time travel to future or past and why? Uh, future. I like discovering new things and I like to be surprised. So future for sure. I wish you get an opportunity to time travel to future. Moving to my next one. What is your favorite failure? I land a huge amount of money uh, to my close, close friend who stole it from me. And I think it was the most important developmental business school learning experience in my life. We were investing in a business together and he stole it and ran away and hid in China. Very, very bad thing that could happen to someone and I'm so sorry about it. I find it to be one of the best things that happened to me and to my family. We learned so much from it and we became so much stronger because of it. So I consider it to be a gift. All right, moving on. What is a hidden talent that no one knows about you, Nadia? I'm a very good cook. I like cooking and I'm really good at arranging flowers. That's interesting. Arranging flowers is very interesting area. Nowadays, many people have picked it as a hobby. I see a lot of Instagram posts around that. Here comes my next one. What has been a question on your mind for which you never got an answer for? That's a big one. I don't think there is one question that I stayed for a long time. I change my questions quite a bit. Uh, the question that I'm interested about now, uh, this year, this decade, is what will be the new version of cat- capitalism? I think the current version of capitalism is not working. It's producing too much of a gap between rich and poor. It's producing huge negative effects on our environment. But I still believe capitalism as a concept is the right concept. We just need to reinvent it. So my big question is, what is the new version of capitalism looks like? That's quite interesting. All right. Let me move on to my last one for the rapid fire. What will be your message that you would like to give to your own younger version? To my own younger version? Yeah. It, it will be much better than you expect. Come so, from a very poor environment. I, will, I was born in the Soviet Union in a southern state, Kazakhstan. I'm from Asia. Uh, I'm a, 
a member of a family of political dissidents who many, including my great-grandfather, were executed. On both sides, actually, two of my great-grandfathers were executed. So I come from a very, very difficult background and then the collapse of the Soviet Union happened. So at that point, there is no way I could imagine that I would be living the life I'm living, having the privileges that I've been granted and doing the work I'm doing. So I'm blessed beyond belief and I would have to tell my younger self that it will be much better than you expect. Wow, that is very captivating story actually. And I'm very glad uh, that we are having this conversation. Just to summarize about the rapid fire, I think you are very much interested about discovering the future. And unfortunately, you lost money to a friend whom you trusted, a business partner, and also you're a good cook. So thank you for sharing the details of other side of Nadia. And with that being said, uh, let me move back to the mainstream and ask you one final question for this session. What will be your single piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers? I think the biggest piece of advice today is that I want you to remember that facts are friendly and that change is not your enemy. So if you are getting some sort of bad news, something happened in your life, uh, you got a new boss who is not exactly most supportive, you have some sort of thing happening like COVID-19 or the market is disrupted, Facts are friendly. They're not here to punish you. And change is not your enemy. It's a beautiful opportunity to let go of things that no longer serve you, to let go of assumptions, skills, and tools that maybe are no longer relevant. But most importantly, it's a beautiful opportunity to discover a new version of yourself. And that is the ultimate freedom. The moment you make change your friend, you make reinvention your superpower, you become a person with ultimate freedom to constantly create a new version of yourself. So I invite you to make reinvention your friend. Wow, that's quite amazing. Mind-blowing message, actually. So thank you so much for sharing that message, Nadia. And also thank you for joining the conversation today. Topic was fantastic. I really got to learn a lot of nuances about the need for reinvention. And thank you so much again for being part of TGV's journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe. Naveen, thank you so much for having me. And for everyone who is listening, I have a little gift for you. I published a book last year, which won the best business book of the 2021 by Axiom, the bronze medal. And it's called the Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook, How to Thrive in Chaos. And I would like you all to have the 85-page PDF preview of this book. So in the show notes, you will be able to grab a link and download this free PDF today. Thank you so much for the offer, Nadia. Really appreciate it. And uh, listeners, uh, you will find all the details in the show notes. Please go ahead and follow Nadia's good, good work and maybe engage her whenever you need the reinvention. And do not forget to download the book. Thank you so much again, Nadia. Pleasure hosting you, Nadia. All right. So folks, let's move into the trivia segment of today's episode. And today's trivia is about USB flash drive. And here comes my question. Do you know what was the storage capacity of the first ever commercial USB flash drive? I know you're thinking, but let me tell you the answer as usual. It was 8 MB 
and the interesting fact is there was a debate around who actually invented the usb flash drive there is a guy named pua kin seng of malaysia who claims credit over the title and locals reportedly recognized him as the father of the pen drive whereas similar stories have surfaced from companies in singapore china and other places however the first us patent for a usb flash drive was filed in april 1999 by an israel firm m systems which was later acquired by sandisk in 2006 and it actually teamed up with ibm to begin selling the 8 mb discon key in north america and the same year singaporean company trek 2000 international also began selling its 8 mb thumb drive but today even thumb drives are not in use because of the widespread use of cloud adoption anyways technology has changed and it has made our lives easy so i'm also optimistic about what is going to come next i think this has been an interesting fact isn't it thank you so much for tuning in there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest